Hello, folks, and welcome to another Loft Podcast. Noel Yantos here, and I have in studio Jim and Vicki Stewart. They've got 150 hours in their airplane, and we had a discussion about what they think about that, operating costs, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Great conversation. Uh, learned, I learned a few things myself, as we always do, and I hope you guys enjoy it. This now we are high tech. Just keep it on. Law. Okay, I don't, I don't know how. To, okay. By the way, this is this is a guy who flies airplanes for a living, right? Well, allegedly. Let's not Go, get the Google away. Ser- the Google search bar blew you away. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm nervous. Allegedly. Hey, look, he's even changed his name to Al. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, cool, I thought it was appropriate. I thought it was appropriate. It's a cool insured. It like is. It. I know. I, I, I look for them online, and when I can find them, I'm very happy to find them. Good. Mr. and Mrs. Stewart, welcome back. Well, Thank you me. can put your earphones on if you'd like. That way we can hear each other. There you go. I'm so glad you guys can come back. It is great to be back. Thank you. Um, on a blustery day. If I recall correctly, I told you specifically to stay out of the clouds. You've ignored you know, that. You've you are so that. you are so going to love my opening story, okay. <laughs> which is which is a reminder of why you you know stay calm, be relaxed, be way ahead of the plane. Hit me with it. The poor Yahoo in SoCal was just confused and was flying me, and I'm going. I need to turn inbound on the localizer. I'm out of the clouds, but I'm okay. This is and, the controller you're talking about? Yeah, the yeah, so, yeah. SoCal okay. approach guy, and and uh, and I said, uh, you know, five three five, we're crossing the localizer now. And I was trying to be polite, like instead of, hey, hey, dummy, a right turn would be good right about now. Which never works out well. No, that didn't work well. He <laughs> said, and so he was like, oh, uh, 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 stammer, 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 immediate left turn, blah, blah, blah. And then he realized, yeah, but that's a mountain over there. Climb and maintain 5,000 right into the friggin' clouds. Oh, boy. So uh, so Vicky's looking, big eyes, and, and uh, it's like, no, no big deal. It's all good. Vectored me around, back on the localizer. But a good reminder that just you know don't don't assume anything. It yeah. might it might go wrong at the last moment. He was rubbing uh, Corolla all over his hands. Yeah, there you go. He's got the coronavirus. He was he was good. The corona corona corona. I don't even know how to COVID-19 say it. COVID 19s easier. Fair enough. <laughs> the non-existent virus. We had a meeting with our attorneys last uh, week, and um, I started getting a little mouthy about the mass hysteria that's taking place and everything that's shutting down. And um, unbeknownst to me. He's got two daughters in college with the colleges shutting down, and he wasn't too pleased at my evaluation of the situation. (laughs) It didn't sway me (laughs) to the mass hysteria that's taking place. But we were just talking about it before the podcast is that, um, you know, small businesses like us are immediately affected. Cancellations left and right for no reason. And I get it. I mean, probably the last thing I want to do is jump on an airliner right now, except for the fact that there's four people on board. It sounds wonderful to me. Yeah, to be able no, to travel around no, on the airlines with nobody there, you know. So no, I, no kidding. I don't know. I, I mean, Delta parking what forty percent of their or, or stopping forty percent of their lines and three hundred airplanes on the ground. I mean, that's just a harbinger of things to come. It's it, it, it as silly as it seems. It got real real quick. Yeah, it really did. And I think it's got something to do too with just the social media aspect. You know, your ability to Twitter now and this this everybody's plugged in. 
So this one little thing, I don't think this would have happened 15 years ago, you know, with SARS and H1, which is essentially the same H1N1, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, the response has been disproportionately quick. And the sad part is there's so little data that we actually don't know whether it's flat, up, or down, and how long it's been around. So... You know, as we were talking, there's there's not much. Yeah, we probably hope. had it months ago. Yeah, it probably washed yeah, through yeah, the U.S. months is, ago. We're, we're immune now. We probably gave it to the Chinese. There you go. <laughs> and you know, the reality is, it's it, it's a reminder that the few of us that are able to use private aircraft, uh, I mean, what a wonderful gift. I mean, Vicky and I are going to Tampa, Florida next week, and Vero okay. Beach. And the answer is, you know, what's to worry about? We're yeah. in a we're in a perfect set. The FBOs are going to be thinly attended, probably at best, and. We're as safe as we could ever be making a trip like that. Right. Forrest Gump is fine. Yeah. I said it before. He's fine. <laughs> he's I, I, he's, he's going to get a little sniffly. <laughs> it's all good. So welcome back, and I'm glad that uh, we have a chance to catch up on uh, your um, experience with the jet the last couple of months. You, you reached out. I thought it was a great idea to have you guys come back as new owners of the airplane and now old hats in this uh, jet business. I'd never, I'd never own up to old hat. Continuous learner might be closer, but I'm about 100 and, eh, coming up on 150 hours since uh, since we trained in last August. That's so fantastic. We're flying it a lot. That's excellent. So first and foremost, um, the transition from your turboprop, or what you were coming out of the King Air, right? No, I came out of a Meridian, so Meridian, sing, single right. engine turboprop. Yeah. Single engine turboprop to this, and the how's the transition going? You know the transition has been great. I was I was thinking about this as we were flying down this morning. That you know there's there's two things that come to my mind that have been the things I've worked hardest on in the first 150 hours. And I would say, as you predicted, at about 100 hours, it starts to settle in. Yes. And you really feel like you've gotten to some degree of proficiency. Although don't be confused, lots to go. Um, the two things that, that immediately come to mind: the avionics in a 20-year-old aircraft is going to be different than my 10-year-old Meridian was. But it's high-quality stuff, and it's just a matter of learning something new. That that went pretty quickly at about 50 hours, and yep. there's really good equipment on the plane. But the second and the and the interesting one, I manage all the time. In fact, today, in on the um, on the arrival into uh, Carlsbad, which is speed. Um, you know, the aircraft is so capable of speed, and you're almost always flying an arrival that's looking for you know 250 knots at a place that feels somewhat close to the airport. And I would say. That actually has been the trickiest thing. And I've done New York twice and Washington, D.C. once in the last three or four months. And the speed. And that's intense out there. Too. Yeah, it's East really Coast, intense. Down and low the, in, the, in the muck with, with lots of activity happening. Exactly. And, you know, when they want 250 knots, when you just assume be putting out your first notch of flaps and drinking a cup of coffee, <laughs> the answer is no is not an option unless you want to go to Hawaii right. or something on a vector. Which is definitely the disconnect between all your sim training and. <laughs> exactly. So I, I would say I've worked harder at that. And, and uh, you know, it's it's embarrassing if you don't need to to say unable speed on an arrival. Although I will if it feels too busy, and they'll usually no problem. But um, but not, I'm trying to get better and better at flying the speed. Right? It's it's a fast plane, and take right. advantage of the speed, and it's burning gas while you're up there hanging around. So let's uh, let's fly it. I like that. I like that. So the 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 overall transition. You at this point, you've got a hundred. You said 150 hours. Yep, 150 hours over about five months. Um, comfort level. It sounds like it's pretty high. Yeah, it is. Although, and you're going into high density airports, then. Yeah, I'm like flying. Well. I, I'm. We're working it hard. Which, by the way, anybody who's making this transition, and and you and the team here told me this long ago, be really, really instrument proficient. So you're not trying to figure out how to fly a, you know, a WAS approach or an ILS right. approach. And I was, I was fortunate. I'd been flying a fair amount. But the reality is, exercise yourself. I'm going into three airports in the next week. I've never been in. 
And what it does, for me at least, is it keeps me sharper and thinking ahead, and you never quite get as complacent as you might if you're going to the same milk run every time you fly right. the plane. Do you feel like your prep is different now in the CJ as opposed to the Meridian going into these three brand-new airports? Yeah, I would say um, I, I am I am more likely to carry uh, better data with me from flight plan.com and winds and such although it turns out that the airplane particularly with the garmin gtns that i have on board now has got Those such 750s yeah, yeah it's got such good weather and such good fuel burn information that you don't have to be paranoid about what might be happening next i'm i'm a big fan of look i'm flying east i think i'm stopping in salina kansas for gas but i might change my mind in the next three hours <laughs> yeah. and uh, and the data in the plane is really really good so i would say the overall prep doesn't feel tremendously more difficult. And the plane is actually quite easy to manage. It's easy to start. The systems are very well organized. Um, so from that point of view, it's it's uh, it's really been a nice transition. That's that's excellent. The um, where, if you don't mind me asking, then next next week, where are you going? So I'm going to go into Vero Beach, Florida, which I've never been into. We're flying, piece of cake. yeah, piece okay. of cake, and we're going into uh, Clearwater <laughs> in uh, near Tampa, which okay. is where Vicky's family is. And uh, I've not, I was in there in the Meridian three or four years ago, but I've not been in there in the jet. And then we're going to stop in Sholo, Arizona, and we're stopping in Terrell, Texas, on the way back. Very um, nice, very nice. And from a run, you didn't mention much about the runway. I mean, obviously, you're thinking about that differently than you were in the Meridian. Yeah, very much so. So I'm, I'm still. Uh, most people just plan their where they're going based on fuel price. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> a small plug, CAA. If you aren't on CAA yet, you sure should be. Boy, that's a fact. That um, is a fact. So, so yeah, I'm I'm still in. Uh, when I left initial training, I uh, you know I think the best advice I got, which has been great, was 5,000 foot runways are a piece of cake. This plane is perfectly capable of 4,000 feet, but I can. And you have the winglets as well. I have the winglets, and I would say I continue to use 5,000 as my benchmark. Uh, okay. We're a little shorter than that here at Carlsbad. It was no issue, and the runway was wet, mm -hmm. so we're you know, paying attention, certainly. Um, and I think it's taught me to be much more careful about approach speed and VREF. I mean, you need to be on the speeds. Mm -hmm. If you if you got five knots extra speed when you hit the numbers, it, this plane will float. And with the Tamarack winglets in particular, um, I fly the book numbers based on my weight at landing. Um, it's probably at least two or three knots overstated, so you'll get some float with the winglets. Right. But I'm not yet ready. If I fly the donut religiously and ignore sort of VREF speeds, I probably would have a little shorter landings, but it's another reason to be on 5,000-foot runways and give yourself right. a little cushion. Yeah, it's nice to have the cushion. I mean, you that's bet. just a fact. The Especially with uh, this, this time of the season, I mean, we're coming out of it now, but rain and snow, have you operated much into the, into the snow environment? Because for me... That always has my full undivided attention. Is the you know the the reporting on the uh, snow and ice on the runway? Well, you know we've had a couple of incidents this last year with yeah. corporate jets sliding off the runway and big jets for that matter. Yeah, I, it's it's a great question. In fact, um, you were super helpful on a trip I had planned into New York that was pretty pretty bad weather. And it Didn't was, I just say no? Yeah, you just <laughs> said, you said tell, tell me again why you have to be on that on that route. And and so the answer is no. I've steered away from snow. I, I mean, I can go commercial when I need to. And and look, there's no hero points in my world for you know. Right. Hey, I was brave and I made it. The answer is, you know, I don't mind wet runways because the the citation 
is very, very capable. The braking system is excellent. The ABS brakes work great. So I don't worry too much. And it depends much. on the runway, too. I mean, here at Palomar, you've got some grooves. You know, exactly. You've got a non-groove yep. runway with maybe no reporting at all on how the braking action is. Exactly. It can be a little more hair-raising. Yeah, it was a little damp today. It was pretty wet the last time we were down here. And in both cases, the plane performed wonderfully. But, no, I, I'm – there's two things that I'm not doing today, and I don't know that I need to or will, which is I don't do Aspen and, you know, some of the crazy high-altitude airports – and, uh, and I'll, you know, I wouldn't shy completely away from snow if I needed to, but, you know, White Plains and Teterboro, they're actually quite short runways at yeah. 6,000 feet. And, uh, you know, if you get bad braking conditions, um, that may be more than I want to be bothered with, as well as busy airspace and cranky controllers. Yeah, I completely agree. The, <laughs> that's twice you mentioned controllers. Did, Vicky, did you have an issue this morning? <laughs> it sounded like you got a little angry. Yeah. Well, I was, I was nice, wasn't I, dear? I was nice. Oh, you were nice, I've, yes. I've never known you not to be. <laughs> All right. So um, getting back to the Tamarack windlets, too, you hadn't had any experience with those. Um, good, bad, or indifferent. You know, we're not a we're a, we're not a marketing arm for Tamarack, but we, we sure love them. We, we've had nothing but great experiences with them. It's on our airplane. Um, how do you feel? Yeah, very much the same way I, for two reasons. One, I don't have a baseline of having flown um, CJs that did not have winglets, so I started with a plane with winglets. The, the climb capability, particularly when you're going up to 410, which I do going east, um, to get the you know get the fuel right and to get the distance, I will do Florida next week with one fuel stop. So That's we'll be stopping fantastic. in Kansas, and you're not going to do that in a non-Tamarack plane, no. it, at least not safely in my view. We'll land with over 800 pounds in in uh, Tampa, and if the winds are different, we'll buy some gas along the way. So I would say they've done nothing but really uh, perform at an excellent level. The other thing that's interesting, and somebody joked with me, said, you know, you'd spend the money just to make it look cool. I mean, you know, I, <laughs> they do I, have a nice ramp. Presence. Oh my I God. agree. I agree. There was uh, <laughs> I was I was parked on the ramp at uh, at Hayward, which, where I'm based, and there's a there's a CJ4 that's in the same hangar I am, and he's out on the line, and somebody came up and said, what What's up with that old airplane? I said, uh, don't don't say that too loud. That is that is the rock star airplane in the CJ line. And mine well, it just, depends on who you ask. Yeah, mine looks yeah. cool, but yeah, the winglets have really performed well. And you know what I really like, and I spent time with the Tamarack founders um, back at the CJP convention last year when they were in the midst of their of their financial drama and bankruptcy. Right. These people were class acts through what was a really unfair set of circumstances. I, I completely agree. And we've uh, talked about it on the podcast. Really, I've had Nick in here, and he's he's you know pleaded his guy. case, and I think that for us anyways I, I wanted to make sure that the world at least heard another side of the story you know? yeah when i understand they're booking a bunch of business and they've got new applications for the winglets and and boy i couldn't be happier it's it's a great product and it's been completely trouble free yes and i don't i don't worry at all about it yeah nor do i we have a, a milk run that i do i think i mentioned it before back and forth to montana we have a yeah. place up there and it is it's, it saved us a lot of money in gas. Yeah. Yeah. I had a vicious headwind not too long ago, going up there, and we did. We just creeped up, and um, I you know I have my my little one on board in the back, so it obviously raises my eyebrow to be up that high regardless of the winglets. It has nothing to do with it, but I have zero issues. My comfort level's high, and to be able to and I didn't have to step climb. We just ended up doing it. Yeah. To uh, to get up away from the winds because I didn't they weren't forecasted to be that strong and I, I still landed up in Bozeman I think we had 130 on the nose and I still landed in Bozeman with way more gas than I ordinarily have yeah, it's neat which is really nice is again just from my standpoint you know I I'm always 
nervous about gas. I just yeah. am. And yeah. uh, it's just – it's kind of a – I don't even want to say a psychosis, but a borderline sometimes. I'm just making sure I have enough gas and I'll always have more than I need, which seems to be a part of that psychosis. And so these winglets fit perfectly into my little yeah. nut yeah, job. It, it, buy, it, buys you, <laughs> it buys you 100 or 200 pounds you weren't expecting at the end of the trip. I, yeah. The other interesting thing, and you mentioned it, so it, it was a new learning for me in flying this aircraft, which is in a, in a Meridian or any of the planes I've ever flown, I never paid much attention to ice attempts. I mean, it was like, yeah, there's something about that. I think I read it when I was in some training program and who cares. <laughs> In these planes, I take you that care. personally. By the yeah, way. yeah. <laughs> in these planes, you care, right? I mean, and and uh, it makes a big difference. It makes a big difference, yeah. and and uh, I've got a. We don't have gigantic monster motors out there that don't no. care. They do care. Yeah, they care. And so when we're when we're plus five ISA or plus eight ISA, and you're coming up to thirty nine thousand, Vicky will look over at the AOA gauge and say, uh, "It's getting yellowish in there. What's up with that?" <laughs> so we're we're careful and thoughtful about the ISA teams. Right. But I, I again too getting back to the, the the winglets. I mean, I've been able to operate the aircraft in an AOA uh, realm that I had not even considered possible before, right. and it took it took a while for me to even trust that fact, because for my knowledge on the CJ and and I had quite a bit of time in it before the winglet showed up. You know, you're you, you go into the yellow in in a climb. It's Do all something over. different. It's all over. You're yeah. not going to be able to accelerate. You'll actually have to descend to get back on the on the step. So yeah. to be able to do that. And then the latent energy when you level off at thirty nine and oh, you see you that jump thing accelerate. Right I mean, yeah. there's it's 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 not hype. It's it's an actuality. No, it's and, very real. It's, uh, it's and a, we're both not being paid for this discussion. No, no, no. It's a, it really it really is a great product. And oh, by the way, it does look good. It does look good. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It'll be interesting to see where that uh, that goes from here. I think he's talking about other airplanes, potential military stuff. So be neat to see. Yeah. The um, operating costs. I think you mentioned something about wanting to talk about that, and I, I love it. I think it's a good topic as far as, you know, a Meridian is, what, a in comparison, maybe a Volkswagen. And then when you jump to a, a jet, that's a, yeah, that's you're, a Jaguar you're at least in a low-end Ferrari. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. I would say um, I've, I've probably learned – I did a lot of homework about OPEX to make sure I wasn't going to completely bankrupt the family. <laughs> <laughs> with this crazy decision. Um, and, and the CJ has come in exactly where I expected it to, which means predictable. Yes. But I had some I had some expectations that the plane hadn't been flown much the two or three years before I bought it. Never and good for an airplane. Never good for an airplane. And so we've sorted out some things. And in the first 150 hours, there's some things we've had to change. Did you have, remind me, pro parts, did you have that with the aircraft? Well, it's, it's a great question. So it was on an engine program. So and, and by the way, good. anybody thinking about one of these things without an engine program, just go slash your wrists and burn out yeah bleed out well you know i will say this from from a and you're a financial guy from a financial standpoint i've had several folks that were smarter than me show me that upon the initial purchase if you bought that thing fresh from the factory you know with just a couple of hours on it and rolled through it made more sense for them financially to not go on the engine program i still i still can't make that work in my head but they showed me the numbers and it did work but anything past that a thousand hours in 1500 in at that point, there's enough invested in the TAP program that I don't I don't know that you can possibly right, yeah. imagine getting rid of it. I'm not brave enough when I understand what – by the way, Williams doesn't love planes that aren't on a program. And, and Williams has monopolistic pricing capability. So at the end of the How day, dare you, I like them How as friends. <laughs> so that program was easy to call. But I the plane uh, – And I've had really good experiences working with Williams. Yeah, by the way – They don't all, like it when you don't pay on time. I noticed that. Yeah, they uh, get a little testy. I paid yesterday. It's all good. <laughs> so, But Pro Parts was an interesting analysis. And, and there's a lot of buzz around about uh, Textron not being entirely fair about pricing on Pro Parts, this, that, and the other. And I would say – 
Uh, Maybe a little more whining than appropriate from my take. Um, I think Textron needs to make money on the pro parts program. They're a company like everybody it's else. Not a, it's not a nonprofit company. No, and and look, and we they have all shareholders. Yeah, and we. <laughs> by the way, we all want them to do well because yes. they are their their team. When you're AOG or something's wrong, are awesome. I don't want to buy parts from Al. I do not. No, or off the junkyard. Did you get the joke? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I I thought about pro parts and uh, and I I am oh, on, so it did not come with it. it. Did you, not. But well, you no, thought about putting it on. Yeah, you probably know this, but when you buy a used aircraft, even if it's on pro parts, pro parts goes away. So Textron calls it done. I did not know that. Yeah, Textron calls it done, and if there's a residual balance in the pro parts, it's theirs. And so what a wonderful what a wonderful yeah, program. That's a good idea <laughs> for them. So it's a fresh decision. We should do that with recurrence. You just gave me a business idea. There you go. Yeah, we'll sell three or four recurrents, and if you lose the airplane, it's not sure. It's not our problem. Yeah. Good luck with that. I don't know. We'll sign up for that. <laughs> Throw a companion program in on top of it. Beautiful. Um, so I, I weighed I weighed pros and cons, and the reality is I did go on pro parts, and uh, and coincidentally I've had a couple things happen. Do you have to prepay into the program then, or is it just basically yeah. a uh, monthly subscription fee? Yeah. It, 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 yes and yes. So the buy-in was actually pretty modest, and my plane's got you know over five thousand hours on it, so it's you know, it's it's not high time, but it's got plenty of time. And I'm sure they charge you based on that too, knowing that. You know, I don't some... know what I don't know what their math is, Noel. To be honest with you, the, the, my bill to get started was ten grand. The reality is, oh, that's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer, and I had a TCAS box that went bad. That's right one away. air conditioning compressor. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and, you're, right. and, you're, and you're ahead of the game, <laughs> right? Right, and, and the pre <laughs> and we've t- shit too in the last three months. Yeah, so I'm I, I I got pretty convinced. I mean, you stop thinking about starter generators bad. My Eros, you know, oxygen that's masks a- are going to get replaced here soon. It's sixteen grand each. You your fire bottles now instead of sending them away to get recharged, they swap them for you. Yeah. There's just many things that made it more manageable. It's expensive in the sense that you're writing a check when there's nothing wrong at some points. Mm-hmm. And I've certainly seen the math that says pro parts over time, you'd be better off to self-insure. I sleep better at night and, and we don't surprise ourselves. Well, I mean, you and you come from a background, too, of, of knowing that fixed costs are wonderful. I mean, I hate to say it, but to be able to wake up in the morning and know exactly how much this place is going to cost me to run is that would be very um, – it would it would certainly make me sleep better yeah. you know, because the yeah. variable costs are always what catch me by surprise and yeah. catch me off guard. And especially with the airplane, it has been my experience with the citations that they are incredibly, incredibly um, reliable. I yeah. mean they just – they don't break. I mean but when they do, there is a price tag attached yeah. to that and there are – you know, there is – I've found that the CJ parts are easier to find than the 500 parts. But I think that yin and yangs depending on, you know, airframes that are available, parts that are available and et cetera, et cetera. But um, it, I, the numbers that you just quoted makes it a no-brainer. Yeah, I think that's right. And, and you know, and there's been there's been no surprises from what I expected. I You know, I had some stuff sitting aside to make sure I had it covered. We do. I, I do all my own detailing and you know polish up the the, I think you mentioned that the before. bright stuff yeah. myself. And part of that is because I like doing it, right? I, I have always felt that I know my plane better if I've got my hands on it. And obviously, I don't do mechanical stuff. I'm not an A and P, but but I like doing that. So you know, I don't have big money to have some detail guy come in and make it look beautiful every every month. But yeah, and it's not a matter of beauty either, too. I mean, those those leading edges with the silver leading edges, they need to be polished or they start to pit. Yep. Talk about expensive. That'd yep. get expensive quick. By the way, the DI system on the wings compared to the the boots I had on the Meridian, holy smokes! How would you know? I told you not to fly in ice. Ever. <laughs> You're just testing it. I, I, I misbehave. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think you can actually fly a jet and stay out of the clouds unless it's a, an L39 or something. Pretty hard. We didn't pull it off today. Hmm. 
Indeed. Um, so that doesn't sound like your your operating costs were that much of a, a surprise. It was right yeah. on, in line with it, and you were prepared, knowing that there was going to be a, an increase between that and the Meridian. And now with Pro Parts too, I mean, as you said, you're going to be able to sleep a lot better at night, knowing exactly where you stand on that. Um, keeping yourself current, you know, I, that's this is a discussion that we've had outside of the, the podcast arena, but I think it's a it's definitely something I'd like to start talking about because the insurance companies. Oh. I was going to hit you with that. Oh. We we do this for a living, and we got slammed this year. With insurance, and there's, I've seen a lot of explanations online as to why people think that's happening, and you know some of the losses that the insurance companies have, have taken. Um, but obviously, something else is 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 amiss in that, and I shouldn't say amiss. Something else has factored into their um, thought process or their matrix, shall we say, that has shown them that something's up. And I have my own opinions on that too, which we can speak on in a second. But. Um, they have really started to clamp down, and I think that with a program of currency, with a self-currency, something along those lines may be able to help us drive these rates back down. Yeah. Look, I, Did you get hit as well? Yeah. Well, in the time I was deciding whether I could afford to do this or had the skills to do this and really wanted to take the step, sold Vicky on this, you know, bought the bought the jewelry that it took to grease the skids. Um, the reality... No, no, he didn't. You need to chirp in and ahead, say, we're not ahead, quite hold, there yet. Hold your hand up, dear. <laughs> yeah. So I, I saw the rates go from, for me, now I'm single pilot. You probably remember this. I'm, I just turned 67, so I am in the extreme risk category. I'm old. I don't have jet time. I had very little twin time. I had a lot of IFR time and total hours relative to a, an owner-operator like myself. Um, and so the the quote I got early on was thirteen or 14000 a year. That's this, actually pretty good. Yeah, it went to twenty-four by the yeah. time I did the deal, and I expect it will go up. The bigger risk for we me— We saw a 25% increase this year. Yeah. The, the biggest risk for me is that, um, is that some insurance won't be available at any price for me as a single pilot. I've seen a number of people that I know that are even not as old as I am, but are sitting in CJ3s or 4s where the hull values are, are more meaningful. And importantly, the number of seats inside the aircraft are higher that are just getting you know, 80,000, 100,000 single pilot kind of quotes. And the reality is those people are either going to put somebody in the right seat or not fly. Yeah. I had well, an, you can buy two or three first officers for that oh, kind of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's interesting though. Vicky and I talk about this a lot. Would would we do that? And the answer probably not, because the the beauty of single pilot in these aircrafts, they're so capable, is that it gives you a flexibility to be able to do what you want when you want it. That would be very difficult to get rid of. And so I I hope I don't have to deal with that for a while. Yeah. Um, the other well, thing I, I had a dear friend of mine make that statement very clearly when I said, hey, just call me. I'll come get you and we'll take you where you need to go. And he goes, you know, sometimes you're just not where I am. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And where the plane is. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it'll be very interesting to watch. I don't think the markets are, are going to get any easier. And, of course, you know, the CJ4 that slides off in the ice and the, you know, the guy – on a check ride in a Mustang that bellies it in in Daytona a couple of weeks ago. It's like, good Lord, that's the kind of oh, stuff. Oh, there's more to that story. Trust me. It's all over the internet. Yeah, there's lots of stuff going on there. It's ugly. But, but you know, there's a, a good friend of ours that's, that lives just down the street is in the insurance industry. And part of what's going on, believe it or not, the wildfires and the losses that the insurance right. companies have taken is driving the behavior in the aircraft market as much as anything else. And they're shedding themselves of what they consider to be lower margin product 
um, to try and protect reserves for their big losses in some other areas. So we're and I we're, get that we're I a bit of that. a victim, and we got to get over it. There, there are folks like us too. You know, from a 142 standpoint, from our school, um, we've started to become rather vocal, and I think some of the other training facilities have as well. In that, we are starting to see, and I've never said this publicly before, but I will, I'll do it now. Um, I and we've actually mentioned it to the feds uh, on numerous occasions. In that, the level of talent that we're seeing come through the door now has dropped dramatically. Oh, that's scary, isn't it? Well, I think, and again, this is just me you know, postulating on what I think may be causing it, but there is, in fact, a pilot shortage. I don't, I, they've been talking about it for years and years and years. Uh, it's here. Yeah. I don't know what else to say other than it's here. And I think what's happening is that some of the folks that couldn't get uh, employment before that were maybe sitting on the bench and doing some, you know, contract work here and there are now finally getting jobs. They're able to because the pilot pool has dried up so significantly that all of these folks are now getting jobs. And we're having our failure rate has increased dramatically. In the last couple of months, we've actually had to send a couple people home and tell them we can't help you. And that is extremely rare and has been for us for a decade. So when we see that and we start to see the, the you know, the amount, our, our retraining has gone up dramatically in that people are not getting through the program and the normal allotted hours and need to buy yeah. more time. Yeah. That's a shot across the bow. That's the first, you know, that I don't want to say it's the canary in the coal mine, but it certainly is from a training standpoint has our full undivided attention. Yeah. And I have to assume that even with the just the the losses that the insurance companies have um incurred i know of two underwriters that just exited the space altogether oh yeah and no, they we, just went look this is with this is a a, a nightmare waiting to happen yeah you know? i mean and, the, the the two big carriers that i had in my meridian days um bailed on the market the carrier i had right before who i'm with now and i'm not necessarily sure that's because of fire losses i no. think there's somebody in risk management that's going hey guys look at this I, I maybe not taking in the information that i just put out there but certainly somebody in a room with some statistics can start to see and go wait a minute here there's a correlation between yeah. single pilot ops an increase in accident rates you know the training um environment that takes place every 12 months etc cetera, etc cetera, and said this math is not adding up we're gonna we're gonna start having losses on our hands Look, the reality, there was a great article two or three months back written by Mac McClellan, who I, I quite like. He's a, he's a super good writer. He's written for Flying and a whole bunch of other magazines. But there is, there is absolutely no ability to argue that single pilot flights aren't more dangerous. They, oh, just, they just are. That's a fact. Right? I mean, I, I don't care how proficient I am and how often I'm flying. Compared to a two-person coordinated crew, it is riskier. Now, if you, I, I've said it. I've said. I think I said it the last time to you, and I've, yeah. I've mentioned it on numerous occasions. I do this for a living. It's all I do. I do it seven days a week. And when I'm in the arc in the snow going into Bozeman, I'm at capacity. Yeah, I'm at. I, I literally everything that I know and I'm doing, and I'm astonishingly comfortable in that airplane specifically. I'm at capacity. Yeah. So if anything else happens, it's going to be a goat rope. Yeah. And so, hello, you know, <laughs> yeah, take it's... take into that not being proficient or taking a month or two off, which is what we're seeing now, where folks are having some gaps in their flying for whatever reason. This stupid virus thing is going to be yeah. exactly that. No, look, I'm, my, if my... I'm the insurance companies, I'm saying, look, we're going to a six-month training program. You guys are going in for six months or you're going to show us some philosophy that you're keeping yourself current. Yeah. So I think that was the original question that I posed to you you, in your mind, just from a safety standpoint, having nothing to do with insurance, 
how do you feel that you're keeping yourself current other yeah. than just the 150 hours that you've flown? Yeah, it's it's a great question. It's, and it's top of mind for me because getting behind in this aircraft can happen so fast, right? Your speeds are fast. It, and, and while it's What a, you didn't mention is is that the controller was fine. You blew through the localizer and that's your story. Yeah, yeah right, right. right. <laughs> he, was, he was pretty pretty wimpish when he finally came back to me. Um, it's, so it's it's a great question. And and I've always had air, airline buddies of mine. I've got a, a, a retired Virgin America guy that flies uh, XLS pluses now. <laughs> It has told me, and I've always believed, the reality is that it, it's like any other sport if you or, or skill. If your frequency of doing it is high, your skill level will stay sharp. A pilot who's not flying very much doesn't actually notice quickly how much is dissipated. In this aircraft, you notice really quickly. And so my personal goal is fly twice a month, period. And you're right. It's a little more challenging right now. In fact, my boss doesn't know I'm sitting in Carl's bed here with an airplane. <laughs> um, but it but it is an important consideration for me. And it's particularly... He, he does now, by the way. Yeah, I know. Uh, shh, don't tell. <laughs> um, it's particularly important because the, the airport I fly out of um, which is Hayward, is right in the middle of SFO and Oakland's airspace. The departure procedure is very busy and very um, – you, you've got to be on your game. There's Speed. a lot of PDs that come out of both Hayward and San Jose. You know, yeah. that, that arc come out of San Jose as well. It's the same thing. Yeah. There's a and lot so of PDs. I, I don't want to be behind that aircraft. And when I haven't flown in three or four weeks, when I do the departure out of Hayward – uh, it has my undivided attention, and I will feel behind for the first four or five minutes. That's all it takes to bust a speed underneath the Bravo mm -hmm. shelf yep. or to be in Oakland's airspace where you're not supposed to be. So I'm very, very focused on trying to fly twice a month. I would say the other thing I try and do is different airports that you're not familiar with helps me stay sharp. It's also taught me better discipline. I, I love flying WAS approaches in the middle of our country because you can fly to a fix. You can get yourself ahead of the plan. You can be on the – you're effectively on the approach 600 miles out if they'll give you direct to the That's fix. That's a great way of saying it. Which, yeah. which they often will. Yeah. So I try to do all the things I can to stay sharp and fly a lot and um, and so far so good. If you – you know, let's – God forbid we all come down with uh, coronavirus here yeah. and we have to take a couple months off. You know, my thought process is the old standard, you know, get in the airplane and knock the dust off. I'm not necessarily sure that's the answer. I mean, there's yeah, got to be – that's that's what I would think. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's not a plug for me. I'm just saying I think that the the value of that may not be completely embraced by the, the insurance companies yet that brushing off the dust. And we have many, many clients that will just show up, do an hour, do two hours and, and knock the dust off for whatever reason. And I think it's extremely helpful. And I think it would go towards too as a community for yeah. us to drive down the insurance rates because I think if we all come up with a plan, the insurance companies are, as you just pointed out, uh, it, it's not knee-jerking. They are – they have matrix and math that shows what can or cannot happen and they're making a decision based on that. Wonderful. But we can help them with that and I think even CJP is jumping into that as yeah, well. That's right. Not necessarily from the insurance standpoint but from the realizing, wait a minute, I think we can really raise the standard here on the owner-operator or the professional pilot and how they do it because at the airlines – it is a different philosophy. I mean, yeah. there's no question about it. We're on nine-month spreads. And just like if you're a – you know, they always say, well, the musicians, they don't practice. Yes, because they're gigging every two yeah, or right. three times a week. And so that's their practice. Well, the exact same thing stands true with the, with the pilot side of it. So if you're not flying at that level, how do you get yourself back up on that step? And I think that those things and, the, and just having the discussion – 
and changing the narrative, we can drive those insurance rates back down, in my opinion. Yeah, look, I, I in my own personal situation, and I've got a, a, a very good broker who's broadly done a lot of work in the market and does a lot of business, um, we will absolutely be proactively offering up that says, look, as I approach age 70, the, my skill level, my health, my medical situation is, is excellent, but nonetheless, the data about old pilots is that they are more at risk. So certainly a proactive solution that says, look, I'll tell you what, if I were flying, you know, charter stuff, I'd be, I'd be doing recurrent training every six months. Correct. I'd yeah. be at, you know, loft twice a year instead and of flying 80 hours a month. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that's right. Flying 80 a month. Yeah. Those guys that come in and do 297 rides at 293, 297s, they are wired for sound. It's, yeah, it's a good. waste. It is a waste of our time. They yeah. just, they are f so fluid and so ready to rock and roll because of the amount of flying that they're doing. There, there must be a pretty massive shortage. Vicki and I were at Burbank. We flew into Burbank for some meetings last week in LA. And, uh, and my, I have a buddy who's flying for Big Stripe Jet Express. And, uh, and I met a couple of the pilots there. They're flying Embraer 135s, 145s. He said, you need to come here and fly for us. And I said, well, you don't pay very well compared to, <laughs> compared to the venture capital industry. Not so good. Yeah. Compared but, to McDonald's, they don't pay very well. And I said, uh, and, and by the way, I, I'm old. And he said, we got line pilots in their 70s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's that part of that, that 135 side, too. And I assume that's what they're operating yeah. under, not 121. But on the 135 side, you know, we the, the joke is, is the racks. We call them racks. Retired airline cap. Yeah, and so once they punch out, they come back and they you know have three alimony payments to make and et cetera, et cetera. They still got to go to work. So the 135, and that's good from the 135 standpoint, is they're scooping those folks up. They can be that can be a sticky wicket though too because they have not filed a flight plan in the last 30 years and you know haven't done a walk around in about the same time. So you have to transition them back. We've had several come through here, and I have nothing but good things to say about them because they're professionals and they right, have been flying right. professionally. But there's a process to get them to the point where they understand their, their new environment. But it's nice, too, to be able to say, hey, at 65, I'm punching out, and then I get another 10 years if I'm yeah. healthy, yeah, you know, and, I'm, and I'm not overweight and obese, and I can keep my medical. I can still fly airplanes for a living. I'll tell you what. I've been I've been with my pilot buddy in his XLS Plus when he's repositioned the plane a couple times. That's and, a beautiful airplane. Oh, it's a beautiful plane. But but what was really impressive was his level of discipline, he and his, and his uh, co-pilot. Um, Checklists that you watch them. They were them. just showing off for you. Uh, they might have been, but I was impressed. <laughs> they, they, they don't even know where the checklist yeah, is. I was impressed. <laughs> you know, it's funny when I was when I was doing my initial here last uh, last fall. There was a there was a fairly high time airline pilot who had moved on that was getting his five twenty five rating. And that poor SOB was having a worse time in the simulator than I was. And I and I would say I was no star. It does happen. And the single pilot aspect, too, is befuddling. I mean, yeah. if you think about flying for 30 years with somebody, you know, assisting you. And I, to this day, we run a single pilot operation here with both of the airplanes that we operate, the 500 and the 525. We train single pilots. I fly the CJ single pilot. And I could tell you. It's safer to have a first officer, especially yeah. a qualified first officer yeah. that is a is a I want to say professional, but has professional training. There, there, you cannot duplicate that. That's just a fact. There's nobody there to ask you, hey, what are you doing? Especially if one of those yellow lights comes on. <laughs> Especially on the arc going into Bozeman <laughs> in the snow. <laughs> Would you deal with that, please? I am busy. <laughs> or the autopilot turns off. Oh, Jesus. Uh, the only time I'm going to be on course is I'm going through it. Yeah, there you as, go. As my buddy says. <laughs> so from a um, from a currency standpoint, we're in agreement that, um, you know, SIM training, keeping yourself current as far as um, finding places to fly to, hand flying, 
Yeah, it's interesting. Because I, I always recommend that. Yeah, so, you know, you trained into me, and, I, and I'm religious about this today, which is, you know, I'm on the autopilot 250 feet on the way out. The workload's high, and single pilot, I don't want to make a mistake, 250 feet above the ground. So I would say I am less... Uh, I always hand fly from call it a thousand feet down unless I'm, I'm going down to minimums on an ILS or, or a WAS approach. So I try to make sure that I'm proficient hand flying the plane because I've had a couple of times, uh, more than a couple of times with this avionic system where something goes snafu on the GT end of the Collins. It's usually operator error on programming. Yeah. I'm glad but, that you could admit that. Yeah. Because I can't as, I can't as well. Yeah, the electrons <laughs> Sometimes will, I just don't know what it's doing, but I told it to do it. Yeah. And, and it's not doing what I expected it to. In fact, you, you'll love it. Going into Burbank just two weeks ago, we had this happen. We were at 5,000 feet. He's given us a descent. We were so high and, and he cleared us for the approach, but there's a minimum you got to get going into Burbank before and and when you arm the approach, it tried to climb back up to the glide slope, and that was not what I needed it to do. Was, so was the flight director then indicating a climb? The flight director was indicating a climb. So I had armed the approach. I was uh, not down to 4,000, which is where I needed to be. This is, again, my mistake, but I'd never had that happen because anytime normally around an airport, if you're coming in on ILS or even a WAS, they've got you down to that minimum that they want you, right. and now you're going to intercept the glide slope and everything works perfect. And all of a sudden, this damn plane, I know i got to be at 4,000 at Bud or whatever that intersection was, and my plane is climbing. I'm going like, okay, pretty sure that's not what I want to do. You hit the big red button in a hurry. Yeah. And, you know, the weather was good. There was no particular issue, but we hand flew it down from 5,000 feet. And that that's was a good a example. Smart example. It, it wasn't doing what I wanted it to, so it went away. Yeah, that's excellent. The um, I, I know from our standpoint, too, that when we go through that training cycle and um, most of what we do is try to determine your hand flying skill. You know, yeah. your avionics skill, where is your instrument scan at this point? And we do find that, you know, with the automation these days, the the hand-flying skills have started to deteriorate. And it's yeah. just like any skill set in that, you know, within 30 days, it's 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 very rusty. Within 60, it's gone, yeah. you know, and that's both true on the scan and both true on the hand-flying. And I do I do worry a little bit about that, you know, for, yeah. especially when the folks go out and they're, they're flying their Cherokees and 172s. Uh, I never worry if I'm asking somebody or an applicant or a uh, or a training session and I see that they either have a personal airplane or something of that nature that they're doing something else in aviation as opposed to pushing the autopilot button. Nine times out of ten, their hand flying skills are there because they're, yeah. because they're keeping them up, you know, inadvertently through another um, a way yeah. of doing it. Because as you pointed out, the last thing I want to be doing coming out of San Jose or Hayward is hand flying the airplane. Right. I don't have the brain capacity for that. So I agree with you that using the autopilot is almost a necessity at that point. Yeah. Just even from the FAA standpoint, to be able to operate that airplane single pilot, the autopilot's got to be working, yeah. which makes sense. But that hand flying skill deteriorates. I think that's that's something I struggle with and I will continue to struggle with. I'd say hand, hand flying the approaches in the other thing is I don't tend to do visual approaches in even when I can find the airport. It's like I've got this approach. It's in a plate. I've got all this automation. Let's not make a stupid mistake. I think I will increasingly take advantage of that. Perfectly fine to have the profile in and fly the profile. But take the visual, hand fly, and and actually keep your, keep your skills sharp. On a VFR day, and I've got an airport in sight, there's no particular reason to have the autopilot on down to 200 feet. That's, I'm glad know, to hear that. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad to hear that. And anybody that hasn't tried to land at the wrong 
airport at El Paso. Hasn't been to El Paso. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to El Paso. Everybody throwing stones about American landing at the wrong airport. Have you been there? Yeah, it's <laughs> easy. It's about 12 feet away. <laughs> or Brown Field down here right next to Tijuana. Oh, right? yeah, that's happened a few times as well, yeah. which is, is definitely an eye-opening experience. <laughs> All right, so from the standpoint of being a part of the business world – I asked you before. You came up with a theory that I think was pretty good because you'd been flying the Meridian around. But now that you got 150 hours and you have two jobs, which yeah. one is going from point A to point B without killing anybody, and um, my day job, running your day job, yeah, yeah which pays for the gas. Uh, how are how is that going? Shall we say the, yeah. the interaction between that two? Because that's a big one. Yeah, it's good. It's it's a it's a, it's a great question, and it's even more complicated by a third one, which is I have a job that I don't get paid for, which is I crew on a car race team that also adds some complexity <laughs> and also sleep deprivation. Excellent, I, I wonderful. Would, we're we're going to dig into this one. Go. Yeah, I would I would say I have I have consciously become more diligent about not flying fatigued. Um, wonderful. Again, the the plane is it's worse is, than drunk. Yeah, it's it's enough of a workload that I don't. I, I just don't need to take that risk. I would say I'm not quite where my boss would love me to be, which is stay wherever you are an extra day and sleep one day. Okay. I don't quite do that. Um, but An um, extra crew member is an option. Yeah, I, it is. It I doesn't got, sound like you want to do that. Yeah. I, well, you know, you're sitting in the middle of Daytona Beach, Florida. You've done your test day. You're going out the next morning. The, the beauty of the citation is the duration of time you're going to be flying to get places is so much lower. The cabin pressurization is so much better and the noise is so much better that your margin for protection is is very different. Well said. I agree with that. Um, but I would say that's something I'm pretty careful and cautious about. And I would say I'm still on the riskier end of the spectrum and, and I know that and I'm conscious about it. I won't fly sick. I don't drink enough. I, get, I tend to get, you know, I have to be careful not to get dehydrated flying some of these trips. But um, I'd say I'm getting better, but I'm probably not yet at the top of the curve. Is it something that you still struggle with as far as knowing that, okay, it's been a long day, but I, st I, I do want to get home. You know, I do want to get yeah, back. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm – Because that would be – that would be tough for me. Yeah, it's it, it's very much top of mind. Vicky and I have, have stayed in places. I mean, we did this a couple times last year where, you know, hey, look, I'm tired. Broken Bow, Nebraska is a nice place. I'll go get a steak and we'll what take off in the morning. No, it is not. It is. It actually is. It's a cute little town. <laughs> okay, Best steak right. I'd ever had. Fabulous. So, so, so we don't do it very often. But, but I'm, I'm just a huge fan of. I don't have to get there. And what about I, business? Because I know I've seen a lot of it too. And you know, having gone through a portion of my career where I was a babysitter for a while for yeah. several CEOs, they tend to do business up in the cockpit. You know, they're sending emails. They're. You know, I don't do all, that. No, I don't do that. I've 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 toyed with the idea because everybody does at some level. I've you know looked at GoGo and some of the other tools that would make me connected in the cockpit. I yep. do not do that. I've consciously decided that even at a there are some of those solutions that are actually quite low cost now. But the answer, I think that should be on the insurance form. Oh, do, I think do you so have too. Do you have Wi-Fi on the airplane? And if you do, it goes up six percent. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you I, know you're I checking. Do no, I don't do it. We're, now I'll sit at the FBO and clean out emails and move text messages around, which is which is enough of a distraction, right? Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to get the fuel bill paid and get myself walk around, pre-fight the plane, get ready to go back out. That's about as far as I'll go. I, I don't want to be connected in the cockpit. From a business standpoint, it's always said by the 135 companies because it's an easy sell and that, you know, these things are time machines and they yeah. they actually create revenue where revenue may not be available, you know, with uh, United or Delta. Um, from because I think you primarily use this for your business, correct? Yeah, I would say I I will be. I just 
just filed our sales tax test, blah, 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 here in California. So I just have pretty good data. We were 72% business. And in fact, 72% interstate business for the first you know six months of operating the plane. So yes, I do use it a lot for business. And it very much does give you flexibility that you can have. So I've got trips planned in the next... Can you, can you, can you relate that directly to a revenue? Well... I'm a I'm a cost center in our business. So so interestingly, it doesn't generate revenue for us, but what it does is it makes life better for our founders who are building new companies because I can physically be in places that I otherwise in a phone call for me never was a very good substitute for helping yeah. people. It never is. So I've got trips planned, for example, that are going to visit four or five of our companies in Toronto. Um, I'm going to visit an investor as the second part of second stop on that trip in Montreal. Oh, by the way. He runs a Formula One team, so I'm going to get to do that too. Um, I'm visiting. Hey, that new Netflix. Have you seen that? Oh, it's awesome. I absolutely adore that. We're in yeah. season number two. And Drive it's to just, win. It's so those, good. Those drivers are jackasses. Oh, some of them are, <laughs> some of them are bad. The, 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 watching the two Red Bull guys uh, oh. collide and then the two, um, the Indian fellow, uh, Force One or Force. Oh, Force, the Force India. Yeah, yeah Force yeah. India. He yeah. got arrested or whatever the case may be. But watching those two guys yeah. jam it together, it's just the egos. I was like, those are pilots. So that, that, uh, Those guys are exactly like pilots. That's right. And it is <laughs> I would do that. a strange world they live in. But I, So I get to do that. And I like next week, I'm going to be in Vero Beach with one of our very cool companies that's uh, based in Boulder, Colorado. But they work on their technologies, robotics technology, in the wintertime down in Florida. So they're in Vero Beach. And I'm going okay. to go down and meet with the management team in Vero Beach. So I get to do things that I otherwise could not do. I'm here tonight at a dinner with our real estate um, people helping me with a build out in San Francisco. So... And I got an investor tomorrow morning. I'm meeting, you know, down in. La Jolla. So you can directly relate that to, yeah, to increase so. in revenue because of the yeah. ability to travel yeah. at that at that level. And uh, the other folks associated with your company see the same thing. Or well, do they this fight is, you on it. Yeah, th this is <laughs> it's, it's always the first thing to go if things turn a little bit sour. Yeah, this is where it's nice to have a, a boss who's a pilot and, and is shopping for a CJ3, so he gets the disease. Excellent. Uh, Has he flown yours? He has not. He's been inside it with his wife, though, and she had all kinds of drool marks all over the upholstery. So <laughs> it was. They're pretty excited. the uh, The reality is, he put such a premium on our support team, and I'm certainly in that category. Meeting with founders, that his words to me were, "Anytime you can fly and go meet one of our companies. We've got 180 companies in the portfolio. Fly." Right. A, it keeps you more current. I don't have to worry so much about your skill level. Yeah. And B, the founders are better off when you get to be in front of them face to face. Wonderful. Yeah, that's and I think that that a lot of charter companies have tried to put that out there into the universe that I think a lot of people don't understand that, that it's, yeah. it is an incredible tool. And not only that, just from a pleasure standpoint, you know, not being have to the airlines are incredibly exhausting. Well, you know, I traveling, making connections, oh. it becomes almost to the point where it outweighs the ability to face to face with somebody. You're just like, you know what, I'm Skyping this. I can't I can't do it. Yeah, I can never make the, you know, people that ask you about flying a jet and say, well, is it a low-cost way to fly? The answer is never yes. I mean, if you're honest, even half honest, the answer is no. But about bending time. I can get to Bozeman cheaper than I can on, on Delta. Yeah, well, yeah, and that's a particular area. There are certain can. ways that yep. I, I actually have, I can pay less, yep. depending on the on the season and the time of, uh, time of year. And the block time. Place to place, Seattle to here to the Bay Area, easy. Phoenix to the Bay Area, easy. Yes. I mean, no TSA, no nothing. You get in, you fly the plane. Well, I don't go. know that I could actually fly in the airlines anymore just based on my wife's packing ability now. There's <laughs> <laughs> 47 bags. We're going for three days. What's, what's the drill here? Vicky's what? still easy on me. One small bag still. It's all good. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> uh, Vicky, I'm going to put you on the hot spot. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. 
Go for it. What's um, from your standpoint? How are you enjoying it? You I'm know, still a little nervous. Sitting up front in general, or just the airplane? Uh, taking off. Okay, that's the fun part. That's the fun part. I mean, I do snap my head back, but <laughs> but well taking said. off, and then I watch Jim do this, do that. Blah, blah. It is very busy, and there's a lot more to it than. Our last plane. Right. But once we're up and we're settled, I get up and go sit in the back and do this, that, and the other, and I can go get back up front. And As they say, though, too, even with, uh, you know, a fear of flying, and that's not what you're talking about. No. But I, I, can, I can tell you that if you were able to do a takeoff or two, mm-hmm. you know, with him backing you up, it, it, it will take some of that fear away that if you're actually doing it and get proficient trying that, it's uh, it can take away some of that edginess. You know, landing doesn't bother me at all. I actually oh, sit that's up the scary part. Isn't that funny? I, I actually... <laughs> I take this part of the. Don't uh, say that. Yeah. Well. Don't say that. Then. Um, you keep your shoulder harnesses on. I'm glad to hear that. But I lean forward, and I'm literally sitting in the front, just watching us come down to land. And you like that part. I don't mind landing. It's taking off. That's a little different. Interesting. Interesting. So this this is one of the places, and Noel, you and I have talked about this, where the companion training, which we're we're going to sign up for when I come back from my recurrent. Understanding what a flight director is doing and why you pitch into the bars and and literally you don't think about the pace of your climb because it's very different in a jet. Yeah. I mean, you're accelerating at a really good clip when you rotate it. You know, for us, it's usually 108 knots and your climb capability is so significant. You're rotating at 180 knots. Would you like to repeat that? 108. Thank you, sir. There you go. Uh, and, and the reality is that that feels foreign if you're used to a relaxed takeoff in a turboprop, which is not as powerful. And I think once uh, – Her head snapping back was a great way of saying yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, is, it is impressive, <laughs> yeah. right? Really impressive. But I think a little bit of training around what the flight bars and the flight director are doing, why it matters, and why that happens will take, I think, a lot of that mystery yeah. out of it. So. Do you have an idea as to why you're a little bit hesitant on the takeoff? Is it, is it something that you it's could point different. to? No, the the last plane is, you know, we'd we'd pick up speed and chug it. And that didn't bother you at all. No, it's just chugga chugga chugga, a nice slow, you know, a slow lift up. Okay. And you know, this is just so much faster. Right. And then when Jin makes that hard right turn to come around. That's and a I'm left turn, up, by the way. Oh, a left turn. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Because yeah, her, her right. hand was doing it right. Yeah, I know. She's, right. she's left-handed. She uses this. <laughs> I'm left-handed. Sorry. This is a, a normal problem. But yeah, and I mean, in the plane is like I'm right up front. There's a lot more glass. I can see a lot more. Gotcha. Maybe that's it. Yeah. No, I think that all makes sense. Yeah. And then he's turning sharp and then I'm turning. And sometimes I have to just close my eyes and put my head back up straight. No, wait till you put her in the sim and she does a 60 degree turn. I'm going to barf. <laughs> oh, she's So, so a, a funny confession. You know, when I was first thinking about doing this, I came down here and I had no time in a jet ever. And uh, one of your guys put us in the sim, Vicky and I, together and said, this sim is really, truly impressive. And we took off out of JFK, started somewhere, we were over the water, and said, okay, put it into a 60-degree turn. Well, if you're not used to watching a PFD, which I wasn't at the time, and you're not used to how the attitude indicator works on a CJ – you can end up with a 60-degree turn becoming a 90-degree turn. And as we We've augured, seen it happen, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> as we augured in towards the Atlantic Ocean, Vicki said, uh, I, 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 I'm done, and I think we just died. 
So that wasn't that wasn't a great start. Yes. So we'll improve on that. Yes, yes, but a learning experience yeah. nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> um, travel. Are you enjoying? Because obviously now you, as I just said before, we, I mean I call these things little time machines because they are. You know, you can go east coast, west coast in a relatively short period of time. Um, have you any fatigue issues? I mean, have you enjoyed that aspect of it? Because I know in the Meridian, it's a lot more time spent in that aircraft. I was exhausted coming home from the East Coast anytime we were in the Meridian. Yeah. And it just wears so you out. So was Jim. He just wanted to. Yeah, right. No, and you get a headache. and then <laughs> Because you you're the noise right, factor. You're not drinking yeah. enough water. And no, I mean, it's a world of difference. The comfort level is 10 times better. And are you using the restroom on your airplane? No. You know, we don't. With the legs, the longest legs we're typically flying with my fuel sort of goals is a 315 leg is a long time. And, you know, Vicky has the bladder of a camel, so not an issue for her. Perfect. It's all set up and ready to go, but we literally have not used the restroom. Yeah. I found that they're not too bad. I mean, ours is a is a first-generation airplane, one of the first ones made at serial number 201. And it's got a, a relief tube in it as well. I don't know if yours does. No, mine doesn't. Does. But even the, the blue potty, the, the only story that I had about that is we literally had just replaced the interior, literally. Ooh. And on the first flight back, um, the there was a, no, there was a crack in the bowl and it leaked out over all oh. this brand new carpet and we just left it. So it's been like that since we got the interior replaced because yeah. my, our frustration was obviously off the chart that that happened the day we brought the airplane back from interior. Yeah, I, we, we have a, you probably Oh, have, by the way, that stuff stains. Oh yeah, it's not good. So you probably have <laughs> your own stories about this, but we actually made a decision when we bought the plane. We we had all the blue water drained. Just put, and, yeah, just yeah, put we, kitty litter in there. Absolutely. Like, yeah, there's a we, problem. Nothing like clumping <laughs> kitty litter. That's right. We've got a bag and we That's got a Secret, yeah. absolutely. It's why like, not? why take a risk? We yeah. fold it down. Now you got place. We used, we used to use in the Lear twenty four, and the Lear twenty four, the restroom is right behind you. Yeah, in the Lear twenty four, and it was full of kitty litter. Yeah, well, that's that's our plan. Yeah, that's funny. We haven't even had to use the kitty litter yet. No, though. never used it. So can you go back? This is it, huh? This is the, the, the <laughs> you, you can't go back now. Once once you're in the jet market, once no, you're, we're done. Yeah. I think this is the last plane, isn't it, dear? Yeah, this is the last plane. <laughs> you, you don't foresee any potential for an upgrade? No, you know, it's funny. It, I, I, I've never said this to Vicki, so she's going to hear this for the first time. I would <laughs> say, no, the now. answer is there's probably not another plane. But <laughs> Probably. You heard that. Up, up to up to maybe the last 10 or 20 hours, I would have said, well, I don't. You flying that three that your like, boss Well, buys. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I might have a difference of opinion. I would have said up till maybe 20 hours ago, I don't think I would ever upgrade because I don't think my skill level and my capabilities Hot would wash. grow beyond the one. Hogwash. Yeah. Well, in fact, Hot I would say getting more comfortable with the speeds, the approach speeds around the airport, everything else is who cares, right? Yeah. It's all, it's, it's just a plane. You're just flying it. it and, and I'll take it one step further that with the three or like the three plus, I got a chance to ride in a three plus a while back um, with one of the original investors in this company. I have, that airplane is gorgeous. Yeah. Unbelievable. This and the level profusion. of safety, yes, the level of safety has gone up significantly just based on the avionics package. You yeah, know? it's interesting. Now, now I, I, we can talk about it maybe at a later date, but the heads down aspect yeah. increases dramatically in those airplanes. Yeah. You know, those two guys up front, I don't think I, I saw them look out the window once on the you yeah. know, on the entire flight because we, it's such it's such an um, interactive avionics package that you have to be yeah, constantly responding to it, you know, yeah. and, it, and it's an integral to the airplane's operation. 
The interesting thing, and, and uh, we may have talked about this before, but you know, we, we now are much more frequently going to be flying arrivals. So Legos 2 into here today. That was not what I filed for, but it's what I got. And so flying arrivals, particularly into busy airports like Washington and New York and such, you're going to fly the arrivals. Some of these arrivals, D.C. in particular, are incredibly busy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, step-downs and speeds and altitudes that you must hit. Yeah, they're not going to be okay with you just they're slowing not a, down. They're not okay. <laughs> As you mentioned before, I kind of <laughs> raised my eyebrow. Yeah, yeah D.C.'s not, not going to be okay with that. No, they're not okay. <laughs> but but interestingly, uh, with the systems, the avionics that I've got, the ProCollins stuff, does not have good VNAV capability. It doesn't have VNAV in the autopilot. So it is a, it is a high workload environment when you're on an arrival and you've got step downs even the legos 2 today which is not particularly bad but you know you've got five or six altitude step downs they're going to give you a clearance of where they want you to be and you've got right. a speed at avols over catalina and, and that, the, that's that's the only reason that i mentioned that maybe at some point the a upgrade, three plus would be amazing because it does take that out it yeah. does and there is a lot more capability of that avionics package to reduce your workload i mean that's yeah. just a fact and and God, what a sexy airplane. Holy moly. And that thing is a monster. It was to the point where, in my opinion, they almost could have pulled the power back in the climb to maintain 250. Almost. And that's that's pretty impressive. You know, that's yeah, Jetstar days where you pull two into, the, you know, basically into idle so you don't exceed the 250 yeah. speed restriction. But those things are monsters. And that also, too, takes another level of safety going into more high-density airports, into Aspen. You know, now you've got the power and now you've got the yep. safety margin that kicks it up a notch. So that's the only thing that that may sway it towards well <laughs> isn't it a little more expensive i don't know what you're talking about that is insanity i don't i don't agree with you i think you buy what you want and you <laughs> yeah, want what you, you buy this yeah. is the airplane disease oh seriously afflicted. Oh, it's it's a, it's a psychosis my there friend it's not a disease it's psychosis but i love the cj1 it is it is our destination aircraft it's a beautiful airplane beautiful airplane Anything more to add on that no i'm I, I think it. i talked over you and asked you a question that you didn't even answer i just talked over you Nope. The time machine. How do you it's like good. it? Yeah. I like it. It's good. I'm comfortable. Destinations that you'd like to go to that perhaps he hasn't brought up yet? Anything foreign? Bermuda? Cabo? We're, we're, we're probably going to do Alaska this fall. Yeah. Oh, I God, Alaska's gonna, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I, not, I used to go up there all the time. Yeah, I it's not it. foreign, but boy, we can... Yeah, that's not true. Have you, you've been there. Oh, yeah. it's a, It's times. a different country. Oh, I love it. It's a different yeah. country. We're thinking about... So is Florida, by the way. Yeah. Oh, well, I was born and raised there, so Florida's not even a state. I, I was based there for American, and we used to say that one of the nice things we liked about Florida is it's really close to the United States. <laughs> Surrounded by water. I don't know that that's an insult. That no, be true. it's all good. Uh, where whereabouts in Alaska? Uh, we're probably going to Ketchikan. Oh, yeah. I love Ketchikan. Yeah, love it. We're we're struggling right now with the FAA and their FISDO up in San Jose to try and get our. LOA, as you probably you know for sure, but your podcasters may or may not know, it's much more straightforward to get RVSM certification these days if yeah. you've got an ADSB out aircraft. It's about to go away. Yeah, the problem is it's only good for the lower 48. So if you are going to go into Canada, which we're doing with Toronto and Montreal, or you're going to Alaska, you need to have the old school LOA, which means you got to write a book and you got to get the FISDO to go look at it, and, and it which has is been, a Brutal process. It, we're in the midst Brutal of it, process. and it's going real. Well, slow. just just do the waiver. Just just ask them. Just file, and then ask them for for hire, and don't even bother with it. And say, hey, we're not RVSM equipped for Alaska, especially in Alaska. They'll oh, just they prove it. That? Absolutely. Oh, nice. You just you just tell them who you are, what the honest truth is. Is look, I don't have I don't have it, but can I go up? And they'll be like, yeah. 
Yeah, they'll they'll let you do it. It's, and that's, it's, a, it's a hell of a better process, especially if you're not going to do it consistently. It's a yeah. better process than going through what you're about to do. Yeah. Which, yeah, yeah. by the way, you're not going to make it by summer. No, <laughs> it's just skip it. The first trip is to Canada, and I maybe if I'm north of the border, it's two eight zero. Yeah, you know, which is not awful. I can I can live with that if I have to. Indeed. Well, I can't thank you guys enough for showing up. It's a great chat. I'm glad to get some info. You know, it's nice to have some first-person discussions on start to, you know, getting comfortable in the airplane. And, you know, it looks like we got years to come here of uh, further discussions on this. We'll see when you when it's just an old hat. It's a, it's, it's a long ways from that remedial character in The Sim who couldn't quite figure out how to do a steep turn to save that. his soul. I don't but remember that. It is, uh, it's an amazing journey. And, and look, I'm, I'm likely going to be, assuming Oshkosh happens this year, which I'm obviously highly optimistic it still holds together, I'm probably going to be on a panel that's about old guys that decide to fly jets. <laughs> My buddy who's flying for Jet Express. I'd love to record that. Tell, yeah, tell me you guys are going to record that. It that should discussion. be good fun. And, and I think, look, we only get to do this journey once. Yes. And, uh, and not flying and doing what we're doing now and wishing we had later would be a real bummer. So we're agreed. We're certainly I think you said that the last time, and it's nice yeah. to hear that you feel still feel the same way. Very much so. No regrets on this. And again, the CJ, I mean, Sesta made a phenomenal airplane with it's the great, CJ line and the plane. entire thing. And, and if you get a chance to fly that three, you might find out <laughs> how unbelievable it really is. Yeah. <laughs> There's one parked right by me up in Hayward. I'll, I'll look at it's it. It's pretty impressive. Maybe in the f- right seat. Yeah, yeah, all right. Go. All right. It's pretty impressive. It's pretty <laughs> impressive. Anyway, thanks for all you and your guys do to help us all. Love That's to have you guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening, folks. Uh, We actually have a dedicated email set up for uh, any comments, concerns, hate mail. You know, bring it. We don't mind. Uh, I know I say I'm a lot. I know I smack my lips. But by all means, anything else that you have to say, podcast at loft.arrow. That's podcast at loft.arrow, no dot com. And uh, we will field your comments and respond accordingly.